Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. I'm Ryan Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. Last week, Nick Saban made headlines when he complained about the possibility of Alabama's three fixed opponents in the new SEC being Auburn, Tennessee, and LSU. Thought that was a little bit too tough. So that inspired us to think about who are the toughest teams in the SEC throughout the next we, we chose a random number. We chose the next five years. And we're including OU and Texas in that. So that 16-team yeah. SEC. And Ryan, we had, unfortunately, always, yeah. as always, an easy choice for 16th. It was easy. But let me say, like it's not a super distant 16th here for Vanderbilt right now. Clark Lee got this team playing. They got them playing better. They went 5-7. and seven. They had wins over Florida and Kentucky. Um, the offense was much better. A couple of quarterbacks played pretty well. The defense still needs quite a bit of work. Uh, but man, if you look at their schedule, they faced uh, a good amount of really good offenses. So they, they, it was an uphill battle. Whenever they faced somebody that was at least somewhat on their talent level, the defense obviously fared much, much better and competed. Um, but it's just, it's Vanderbilt. Their recruiting is just not even close to being SEC level. It's a G5 type recruiting class. They're they're bringing in um they're 66 for 2023 the next worse in the sec is missouri at 37th so they're 30 spots behind the next worst and it's just i, I mean i'm assuming i mean i like clark lee i think he's a good coach but i mean you got to be incredibly elite to make up that type of a gap in talent so sorry Vandy, number 16 yep and so you you mentioned number 15 missouri um I guess that's a pretty good number fifteen team for a conference, but um, but they just haven't been able to to break through recently. Eli Drinkwitz came in, and you know the the recruiting wasn't horrible. He got it up to about kind of midway through the SEC last year, though. Finished thirteenth out of fourteen teams. They've had back to back six and seven seasons. This past year, they had to win the final two games just to get bowl eligible. Um, and then when you look at like the team talent talent composite, uh, last year was 13th out of 14 um, in the conference. So it's still an uphill battle uh, for them to get at least to the middle of the pack. Now, I wouldn't be totally surprised if five years from now they were able to move up a few a couple notches, but uh, I'm not really seeing a dramatic rise at this point. Okay, number 14, we have Mississippi State, and they're coming off of a good year. They've really had a, a solid past decade. They've been very fortunate with some good coaches like Dan Mullen and Mike Leach. But now you've got Zach Arnett, and he could be great, uh, but we don't know. He's, he's a first-time head coach in the SEC, and their recruiting classes uh, have generally been towards the bottom of the SEC. So I, I think 14th is fair. You could argue a couple slots higher, but um, I think pretty much everyone would would have them outside the top 10. Yep, I agree there. Uh, all right, moving on to number 13, we have uh, Kentucky. So, you know, I've, I'm assuming most uh, most fans that see this list, they always, most would think, oh, we should be higher than, than what we are. And I think Kentucky's no different here. But man, if you just if you look at the last five years, which includes uh, their breakout 10 win season in 2018, Kentucky is 20 and 22 in SEC play. Um, so under 500, and this was supposed to be kind of their quote unquote good times. Uh, for Kentucky football. So, you know, I'm not sure Stoops, I mean, he's kept it going for a good amount of years now. He's had, had, had a good run. I'm not sure how long he can keep it going. It's hard to maintain and maintain and maintain, especially at a place like Kentucky. Um, and if, you know, we always 
touch on recruiting. If you look at that, they're 13th if you include Texas and OU. So this is right where we have them listed. So sure, they could move up a spot or two, but not unreasonable to have them at 13 where we got them. And yep. a lot of these teams in the SEC East, you know, in this new SEC are now yeah. going to be having to face a lot, a lot of those tougher West teams that at least over the past five years in aggregate, the West, of course, has been a lot, a lot tougher. It's true. Yep. Moving on to number 12, Arkansas. Um, I think if you asked us a year ago, I think we all probably would have had Arkansas maybe a couple spots better because they had just gone nine and four. They beat Penn State in the Outback Bowl. But this year, now I know KJ Jefferson was, you know, battled some injuries, and but they went seven and six overall, three and five in conference. They did have some clo- close losses, so not entirely bad uh, for sure. But, uh, you know, when I look at it, I don't love that the offense lost their coordinator, Kendall Bryles, to TCU. The defense lost Barry Odom to the UNLV job. So the replacements, Enos and, and Williams, hopefully they're home run hires for the Hogs. Um, you know, Sam Pittman, he's definitely improved the Razorbacks from what he inherited. There's no question there. But now the question is, you know, how can, can he elevate them more? Um, it might be tough given that the last few years they've recruited, you know, ninth or 10th in the conference, if, if you were to include Texas and Oklahoma there. Um, so, so that, you know, that's 11th or 12th right in line with where we would have them situated on our list. Okay. Uh, moving on to number 11, South Carolina. And I like the direction the program is headed. They ended last year really well. Recruiting is seeming to, to hit another level. Uh, so that gets them ahead of some really solid programs there. But I guess I, I still want to see more. Through week 11 last year, I was pretty lukewarm on Beamer. They were just coming off of a blowout loss to a not-so-great Florida team. They were, I think, around 50th in the country in SP Plus at that point in year two under Beamer. So I was like, okay, you know, like it's it's going okay, but not great. Well, then they they obviously ended the year fantastically and moved up in SP plus and kind of moved up in everyone's minds. And like I said, the recruiting picking up. So that allowed him to move up uh, a few slots, but um, not quite top 10 for me or for all of us, apparently. Yeah, no, we're all there. Um, All right, moving on to top 10 here. We got at 10th Ole Miss uh, led by Lane Kiffin, of course, they're 10 and six the last couple seasons in the SEC. Um, and that's in the SEC West, of course, tough, tougher division. Um, and they have a lot of good pieces actually coming back uh, for next year's team. Um, they're bringing in a top 20 recruiting class. Not great, but, you know, it's good enough to compete with uh, kind of the middle tier there um, of the of the conference. And Lane, to me, has just proven that he's he's a very good coach and he gets the most out of his guys. Um, so maybe the recruiting is an elite, but I know he'll probably outperform that that number. Um, so to me, 10 may seem a little low. And actually, I, I think I had them a little higher on my personal list. So my bros are a little lower on them than me. Um, but hey, once you add Texas and OU and 10th place in the SEC, is probably like a top 25 team. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's not like we're saying they're going to be horrible, but even though it kind of sounds like it, it's still probably top 25. Right. So number nine is the Florida Gators. And I think at this point of the teams kind of this low so far, the Gators have the highest upside potential where they could join the top top five as, you know, we've historically seen them be a national player. Um, you know, the big question mark is, 
when you when we're trying to kind of look ahead here, is Billy Napier going to be the guy for the next five years, or will they need to hire someone else? Um, your one wasn't ideal for Napier. Um, we as a podcast like him, uh, but we know there are some vocal Gator fans out there that aren't his biggest fan. Uh, you know, they were six and four, looking at least decent. But then they lost three straight, including to Vanderbilt. Um, that's going to leave a sour taste. Then they had that NIL drama with uh, Jaden Rashad, the quarterback. For, so that wasn't the best look for the Gators. They lose Anthony Richardson early to the draft. So they really need to hit on a quarterback uh, here in the short term. So, you know, if you include Texas and Oklahoma for the 16 teams, they fall just, you know, a tad better than than halfway for uh, the recruiting the last few years. But, you know, back to back six and seven seasons, losing records in the conference uh, and the question with the quarterback and coach, it's difficult at the moment to have them, you know, near the top five at this point. Yep. I think that was well put. Number eight, we have Auburn and Auburn was a tough one to place right now but uh but this team has talent like it, there's talent on the roster i think hugh freeze and his staff can come in and have success pretty quickly i think they're going to recruit extremely well and and they already did uh, in particular with the in the transfer portal they added a, a lot of players especially on the offensive line that are ready to to come in and help right away so their returning production numbers for next year are are very good so um, yeah, Hugh Freeze has just been successful everywhere he's been. I, I think he's a really good coach. I, I don't see why he's not going to have success at Auburn. And this will be the most, you know, resources that he's ever been given. Uh, yeah. So I think they've got a, he's been, you know, he's reportedly, a, reportedly a pretty big NIL war chest. So I think he'll put that to good use. Yep. Yep. Now legally. Um, well, you know, well, yeah, as, yeah, as yeah. legal as it goes in uh, <laughs> college football today. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, moving on to number seven, a pretty uh, tough team to gauge here, Texas A&M. Uh, man, it feels like, you know, normally you talk about the head coach and is he going to work out or not. But to me, it's like, is off is the new office of coordinator going to work out? Is Bobby Petrino going to be able to save Jimbo Fisher's kind of job there at Texas A&M? If, if, if Petrino comes in and does a good job and gets that offense going, Seventh is going to be too low for Texas A and M. I mean, they're, they they'll be they should shoot up this list um, the way they're recruiting. But um, you know, if it's more of the same, the offense is just kind of sputters. Only maybe only a little improvement, then they could go south like like they did this past year on the field. Um, so if the recruiting is fine. They're thirteenth overall this this year, um, which you know is kind of in that right in that next tier, right behind Georgia and Bama. They're right there, kind of for that third spot in the conference. So. Um, they still have the potential here under Jimbo to become a playoff contender, but I, it, Bobby Petrino, it, it, it seriously comes down to him. All right, moving on. Number six, Tennessee. Uh, obviously, this past season vaulted the Vols to this spot, uh, but I don't think it's totally unreasonable. Um, you know, obviously, an eleven-win season and an Orange Bowl victory will help matters, but but you look at it, Tennessee now has a solid coach in place, which they've really been searching for for quite some time. Uh, they historically have shown they can be a top program, you know, with national title um, pedigree in the in the background. Um, now the recruiting has dramatically risen. They were fourth in the conference this last cycle. That was 10th in the nation. Uh, the 2024 class, I know it's early, but it's already starting out well. And you know Heupel is going to get a lot of production out of the offense. Uh, he's proven that as a coordinator and now as a head coach. 
The defense actually made some strides this year. When you look at preseason SP plus for 2023, they're number six going into the season. So, you know, there was a period of dark clouds over this program, but now it, you know, it certainly feels brighter. Yeah. I think some people will think that this Tennessee ranking is too low. I think maybe the reason we didn't quite have them higher is just, it has just been one great breakout season so far. Like I, there's nothing negative you can say about what Josh Heupel's done. He of course inherited right. a, tough situation so year one that was better than expected but you know it's it's still that year two is just the only great year so you just i don't know i guess we're just kind of being prudent moving them up if they do if they do live up to the top 10 billing this year then then they'll probably move up on this list but all right moving on to number five uh this is not going to make a lot of people happy i'm sure it is texas oh whoops Texas. There you go. Yeah, man. Yep. Even the computer was like, "That's not right. You got to <laughs> go back. You got to roll back this list. This is wrong." But here's the thing. So, Ryan, you were the lowest on Texas. So, so you can you're kind of playing the role of, of yeah. the audience here that might be disagreeing. Um, Trey and I had them fourth. And you had them. I don't know if I already seventh. Said I think seventh. Yeah. So, I think everyone would agree that Texas has underachieved recently for I guess quite a while. So, but even with that underachieving they've finished ranked four of the past five seasons. So again, it should be, they should be ranked higher than they were. But I think when we say, Oh, Texas has sucked. We need to like, it's, it's, it's all relative, you know, like they really haven't been that bad. And that's when we're saying they're underachieving and they're still being ranked. Well, what happens if Sark actually gets them to stop underachieving? Like you look at last year, they, of course their record wasn't as, as good as, as they had, they had hoped would they go eight and five or something, but, and the analytics you look at sp plus was was very high they just happened to lose a lot of close games so i'm i'm on the the side that says those you know analytics are more predictive moving forward than some close losses so i don't know and he's just recruiting extremely well mm-hmm. balanced classes he's re- recruiting great in the trenches so different than some of their previous recruiting had been so yeah i don't know i'm i'm i guess bullish on on texas moving forward and it's That's the potential too, right? It's the potential that yeah. they could be great. We're we're talking about five years here. I don't know. No, I hear you. I, I just I just kind of look at it. They're nineteen and sixteen the last four years in the Big Twelve. So maybe they've been ranked, but it's barely been ranked. And like I've said, we've mentioned before that that'd be good enough for about tenth in this new SEC. So, um, and I put them seventh, which is is a strong team if you're seventh in this new sec that's a good team um it just it hasn't been since 2009 since they were like a true national title threat um so and to be top five in this new sec you have to be a playoff contender like you're also you're not going to be top five you know in this sec you're going to be way behind that so i i just haven't seen it for over a decade pretty much with 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 texas so i kind of got to believe it before i see it but (laughs) <laughs> Let's see it before you I believe it. But either way, but what I said, I got, I Trey it and I are believing it. it before we see it. That's what <laughs> we're doing. So I said <laughs> we have faith. We're putting some faith in here, which hey, maybe it'll blow up in our face. Yeah. Uh, right. Uh, yes. So let's go to number four here. Uh, we have Oklahoma. Um, you know, some people might disagree with OU being this high based off of what happened last year when they just won six games. Um, but, you know, they did have some injuries. Obviously, a ton of players transferred out after Lincoln Riley left. You know, just a huge kind of shift of uh, coaches and uh, staff. So it was there were just so many moving parts for them to be able to 
kind of put it all together and field a, a good team. Um, but hey, now they're bringing in the six overall recruiting class. Venables killed it on that on that recruiting front. Um, they got a lot of nice pieces coming back um, for for next year's team, including their quarterback Dylan Gabriel. Um, so I'd expect them to take a pretty significant step forward on the field this coming season in 2023 and get back to just kind of being the OU that we've known the last couple decades. So one little hiccup isn't going to scare me off on OU. This is a good program with a lot of talent and they're still good coaches. I like Venables. They'll be good next year and the next five years. All right, moving on to the top three that I think was pretty easy to, for, for most people. Number three, we've got LSU. Um, you know, it's hard not to like LSU right now, given Brian Kelly's first year, getting 10 wins, winning the SEC West. They have Jaden Daniels back at quarterback after a big year. Harold Perkins at linebacker is going to be one of the best defensive players in the country. Uh, and, you know, they've proven, obviously, over the last 20 years that they can be, you know, one of the elite programs in the nation. Um, they've won a few national titles. This year's recruiting class was fifth in the country. Obviously, it's very early, but they're sitting second in the nation for next year's class. They've already landed landed seven four stars. Uh, last year's team talent ranking was eighth. Uh, they're just a program with with so much talent around them that they get every year that they almost always have to be in the top five, regardless of what's kind of going on with that program. Um, there's still you know a little bit of a gap between. Well, there's still a gap, I will say, between them and and our top two. But we all know there's a chance that they could break through. What are you talking about? They Trey, they, they beat Alabama yeah. last year. Yeah. So uh-huh. clearly they're yeah. a better program. <laughs> no, I know what you're saying. I completely agree. I just I like to anticipate the dumbest commenter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Number two. That was rude to say dumb. That I it's you know, you know the co- yeah. the comments, you know how the on Twitter, like they'll the I love I hate watching the uh, or looking at um the bracketology whenever uh, was the Lenardi puts out a tweet of his bracketology thing. There's you just look at the comments. It's just brutal to look at it. Like some of the comments, <laughs> Oh, X beat X. So how are they ranked ahead? Or it's just like, guys, some of all parts, come on, just stop being a Homer. You can do it. <laughs> <laughs> Preach, right? But Creighton, but yeah. Creighton should be a one seed though. Of course. Yes. Of yes. course. Yeah. Okay. Well, number two is Alabama. Uh, they, I mean, I don't think Alabama's going anywhere. That's not a very controversial thing to say. They're, the latest recruiting class by by Nick Saban, I think, made a statement getting the number one yeah. class this year. But, of course, they were a bit worse than Georgia this past season, and they're actually 125th in returning production. They're replacing both of their coordinators. So all those reasons on top of each other, I think, make it not an easy choice. But for me, it was I didn't have to think too much about putting Bama 2 and Georgia 1. Well, and Georgia has won back-to-back national titles. If it was, yeah, you know, so there that it is an easy choice, honestly. Like they're they're pretty neck and neck, uh, but you can't justify putting Bama ahead of Georgia. I just at this point, it's it's Georgia's right now. Two national titles in a row. Kirby Smart has done such a great job in Athens. Um, Quickly took them. You know, Mark Rick did did a great job there for a long time, but just never got them to be elite and. Smart was able to do that quickly, and now he's sustaining it and taking it to just great levels. So they're an easy choice for this number one. They're the, the other thing team in the country. The other thing you got to factor in when we're talking about five years is there's, of course, every year now a non-zero chance that Saban retires. So if you're projecting yeah. forward a few years, then 
that if that were a tiebreaker for you, that would that would give it to Georgia. So, all right, there you have it. Uh, let us know in the comments uh, what your thoughts are on our list. I promise I won't say you're dumb just because <laughs> you disagree with my list. <laughs> yeah. I regret that choice of words. But uh, be sure to subscribe to the channel. If you like college football, we'll definitely have more SEC content throughout the off season, uh, including we're going to rank the every single head coach in the SEC and all of the projected starting quarterbacks. So stay tuned for those and we will see you next time.